0: I heard a quote from Samuel Johnson. The chains of habit are generally too small to be felt until they are too strong to be broken. I'm aware of my habits. Does that mean I can't break them? So it is true that often we don't notice our constraints. And when we do, I suppose, yes, by definition, they are strong enough to be noticeable. They are a thing. They've manifested in some shape or form. And that that expression, fish, will be the last to know what water is. Yeah, there's definitely some truth to that. We, we just kind of get immersed in day-to-day experiences and the expectations and the beliefs and the conventions of the society that we're in. And we don't even know that we're doing it. And then... Sometimes when we recognize change is needed, we've already built up a lot of this stuff around us, this kind of psychological infrastructure, these belief systems that uh, sometimes trap us and sometimes help us, and that's the problem. They can be two sides of the same coin. To be trapped is, you could say, to be safe. You know, you lock yourself in, and there's some apparent security comes with that. But Of course, it comes at maybe the cost of freedom And then maybe we realize that at a certain point. But yeah, those structures can seem a bit rigid. So is it true, uh, as Samuel Johnson says, that they're too strong to be broken when they're felt? So I think that could be true if we interpret it as, as meaning using willpower alone. So if what you're doing is you're noticing that you've had rather rigid habits for a long period of time, And after a long period of time, you are trying to change and like an elastic band, you're just being pulled back or being blocked or obstructed from the direction you're trying to move in. It is true that when they are that strong, when the habits are that strong, that it may be rather difficult to use willpower to have sufficient willpower to be able to break free of them. And often what will happen then is you'll have these occasional breakthroughs, you know, where you kind of go against almost an instinct that's pulling you back to an old habit or a reflex that you have, uh, but it's not to last long. And at a later point, then you find yourself doing the same thing again and just kind of reverting and falling back into old habits. So it's not that they necessarily can't be broken, but it's just that that resistance or that willpower alone when you're not tackling the base of the habit but you're just dealing with the outcome the end result of the habit that you can certainly at times be very hard to work with and there probably are occasions where we could say it's impossible to work with we're trying to deal with the end result of, of, of a long process of habit that's led up to this particular moment right now however that's not the only way to go about it and if instead what you're doing is you're looking at it systemically and you're looking at not just the result of, of the particular habit that you have, which could be any number of things. It could be addiction, something that you, you consume that you don't want to really, you know, it's not good for you, something that you do, uh, some sort of an impulse that you have. It can be fears or aversions or phobias as well. There's any number of, of habits or reflexes that we might have developed. So if instead of just feeling those urges or those particular, uh, those particular revulsions to things, if instead of just trying to fight that in that moment at the surface level, if you're taking a bit of a step back and you're questioning, well, okay, well, where has this come from? Not even necessarily dismantling the, the infrastructure of the beliefs up to that point, but just even questioning it, So, a curiosity. You know, what is this actually all about as a pattern? Maybe where did it originate from? What what does it promise to solve as a problem? If it's something we're addicted to, what does it promise to give me? What's the potential benefit here? If it's something we're afraid of or aversive of, what what's the, the apparent risk? And what's the benefit and avoidance? You know, looking at it from that perspective. There's definitely work that can be done on that level, which in a way is a way of bypassing the need to break the chain, you could say. It's a way of keeping the habit, but just making some amendments to it. A bit of a loophole, I suppose, in habit law. And, because very often what you'll find is if you look at a lot of that infrastructure, is the habits that you have exist for actually very good reasons. Not in terms of the outcome necessarily, but in terms of what they're trying to achieve for you. So they're typically trying to achieve something along the lines of safety. Uh, freedom, happiness. So things like safety, freedom, and happiness are important. You know, they're necessary. We need them. And you will find that sometimes we just develop ineffective or sometimes unsustainable patterns or habits around trying to meet those basic needs. And that's where really the problem comes in. So a lot of the time, it's not so much about breaking those chains, but it's about hooking them up to something that is actually more effective and moving in that direction instead. So that is a different approach because I think if you were looking at it instead, that you had to kind of dismantle all the infrastructure of your beliefs you have to, you know, process every feeling, work through every thought and kind of uninstall in some way the habits that you've had for years, maybe decades. It is true that that might seem rather intimidating and not necessarily sure that that's what we want. Again, it will depend, I suppose, about what types of habits that we're talking about. But for the most part, it's not only more efficient, uh, but it's it's sometimes the only possible route to really harness and to take some of the energy from the experiences we've had and to try and bring it somewhere. So you see many examples where where this is done. People who have themselves experienced great challenges. It could be with illness, it could be experiencing crime, it could be experiencing very, very challenging situations. But what they do is they turn that experience into kind of a source of energy and they use it to really bring good to the world. You know, they speak from a very authentic place and they get out there and they do something good with it. So that's something like that with habits where you're kind of going, "Okay, I was drawn to act in this way, but let me use this energy now to help me move forward. But the way in which I move forward, let me take a bit of time to consider what this habit is actually about. If it has a positive intent, what might that be? And again, it may not actually manifest positively. You know, somebody might have a particular addiction, which is very destructive in their life. But, you know, addiction, I mean, why are you addicted to it? There's some either pleasure or at least promised pleasure there. And that's probably something you need. What is the, the style of it? Is it is it excitement or is it just peace of mind or, or what else is it? And if you can flag what that is, well, then, you know, why would you need to undo A desire for peace of mind. That sounds really, really good. Excitement, fair enough. But what are better ways of achieving that and then to to try and build on it in that way? Now, with all of this, it's kind of a never ending process because it's like upgrading software. You don't ever reach the point really where you're kind of done. You can always improve it and develop it and tweak it a bit. So it is important with this type of topic to Also have a certain amount of of okayness with how things are too, assuming that they're relatively okay and stable. Again, if there's anything urgent going on, just make sure you get specific and individual support with that. But assuming things are relatively okay, sometimes the problem can go in the other direction, that we're just feeling the need to overcome lots of habits and to achieve lots of things. And we're putting more pressure on ourselves than we really need to. So that's not necessarily uh, the, the approach that we want to take. Sometimes it's enough to say, look, my habits are good enough. You know, they're, they're maybe not perfect in all areas, but they're good enough. I can have a bit of peace with that. And that doesn't then exclude the option of improving and developing too. But what you can hopefully do is enjoy then the process of refining and improving your habits rather than taking this binary approach of just annihilating the bad ones and then you get this space that's kind of an empty vacuum that's not how it works the latin expression is horror vacui which is nature abhors a vacuum it doesn't like empty space it fills it with stuff (laughs) so like that in the mind you create space stuff tends to go into it you try and get rid of old habits well you just go back to those habits again or something else takes its place so the better thing to do usually is kind of form new habits or as I say better yet upgrade the habits that you already have so you can take advantage of the strength of those chains and you can maybe use them as something that supports you rather than as something that imprisons you if you found this valuable do like subscribe and share and what's your experience do you have any questions or topic suggestions You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag bodymindself, or on jfl.com.